0: Welcome, welcome Mr. Shashidhar. We are very happy to have you on the, what I thought was 13th, but the 14th episode of Talk in the Time. Mr. Shashidhar will share his valuable insight and experiences about a similar pioneering effort which engages communities in sustainable mobility planning in a very prominent neighborhood of HSR Layout in Bangalore. And uh, uh, he is a passionate technologist and a sustainability startup founder. He has been a driving force in promoting sustainable mobility for citizens of Bangalore. Uh, He is the founder of HSR Cyclist Group, which is a volunteer nonprofit group in Bangalore. And through this, he has spearheaded over 60 cycle day events in last nine years and has been fostering a culture of cycling among residents. Uh, His commitment to sustainable mobility extends to his collaboration with another organization, HSR Citizens Forum, which is a nonprofit organization also dedicated to sustainable living and together they have made uh, significant strides under sustainable mobility accords program which was initiated by the government of Karnataka it's it's a pioneering initiative by the government which aims at promoting sustainable urban transport and improve last mile connectivity through community driven solutions and through this collaboration they have introduced a feeder loop bus service in HSR layout and It is around this specific initiative, as well as the larger trend of uh, uh, citizen-led inputs in constructive policymaking that we are hoping to uh, revolve a conversation. So welcome again, uh, Mr. Shashidhar. Uh, I hope that I introduced you adequately, but if there's something that you'd want to add uh, about yourself, please feel free to add, and then we can start our questions.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarun. Thank you, Nimisha for this uh, wonderful opportunity to speak about the program that, uh, you know, how citizens actually came together to bring in a change in the locality. So I think it's a wonderful introduction. Uh, I would like to say that uh, we are all change makers and uh, as together we can take this planet to the next level. And we are starting at one drop at a time, you know, starting with our locality in HSR. And we've been doing it for many years uh, along with HSR Cyclists group and HSR citizen group. Thank you
0: all right great so uh, maybe to begin with if we could set the context to this initiative and if you can talk a little but a little bit about uh, the uh, the initiative as such in terms of uh, what it is and how does it involve citizens maybe they can be two questions actually but maybe if you talk about the initiative first and then we get to the uh, engagement part yeah
1: sure great so, Suma is a sustainable mobility accord, and uh, it was a first of its kind initiative in the country where uh, why not citizens design a problem you know identify problems and design a solution for that? because citizens understand their locality and layouts and you know, surroundings much better. So with that context, uh, the government of Karnataka floated an uh, idea that why don't we involve citizens' group to propose uh, solutions for their particular locality? Not only that, why, why not they take this end to end as execution, right? And along with all the government organizations. So when they brought this idea to uh, you know everyone, uh, you know we at HSR Layout we were working on cycling, pedestrianisation, and many other initiatives, and also composting and waste segregation. So we thought, why not we apply for it, you know, as a community. And having known our problems in the community, why don't we propose certain solutions that will change, right? So that's how it all started. When we applied, there were 18 to 19 other localities, which also applied along with this. And we went through three rounds of interviews, selection process, pitching our ideas, what challenges we have seen and what we want to bring about a change. And to a panel of experts, uh, including professors from IASC and all, and though, so they went about analyzing our ability to take this concept, conduct a detailed research and survey, and also propose a technically feasible solution that will work for us. And not only that, uh, they also were looking for the team to handhold uh, government officials to implement, plus uh, you know do a survey post implementation. So this is the overall cycle they were expecting, and we were uh, selected as one of the seven communities for that. So that's the starting of the journey of the small project, How will say.
0: Okay, great. I will come back to the selection part because I think that has uh, a lot of uh, uh, pointers for understanding the, uh, the features or the factors that the government, the supply side might have in understanding that who would be a natural partner to help them in undertaking something which usually governments feel that is difficult to take citizen inputs for. So I'm assuming that they would have created the selection process in a way that they could identify that this is something that we need. A lot of times engaging with communities can be difficult, but if we pass these criteria, maybe this is something that we would be able to do productively. But I want to first ask you a little bit about the process by which uh, the engagement of community and the engagement of citizens was uh, done. And it has been a long cycle and you, as uh, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that Uh, It's already almost finishing three months now. I think it started in August, the feeder loop service. Yes. yes. You can talk about the process of what engagement looked like and what kind of activities was this engagement uh, uh, done and then what were some of the outputs and outcomes that came out of it.
1: Sure. So as part of the project uh, we talked about, the implementation part is also very important. So once we uh, got the routes, everything finalized and approved, once the service started, the first thing we as a community went ahead is uh, outreach programs, right? All the RWA. So the good news is if the localities have their own strong resident welfare association, that is the first step to reach out to and get communities engaged. So our goal was that everybody within the HSR layout and outside should be completely aware of this service. So that was the first and the foremost. And the second is the benefits of the service. How do we communicate this to everyone because there's a lot of programs going on, Shakti program, which is free for women. And the entire service actually is a 10 rupees ticket right now. And uh, 20 stops within a locality of you know five to seven kilometers is a very unique service that people can hop on and hop off these buses. So people will observe the buses, but they would not know what is the service. So our goal was to engage colleges, students, communities, and as well as RWS together and okay. bring about this uh, change in them to see now you can actually stop using your car for your small distance commutes because you have buses coming every five, five minutes. Yes. So, so that kind of an engagement uh, we did. Uh, initially, we started with like 10 to 12 engagements a month. In the last three months, we have almost close to 100 plus that we have done. So
0: last three months after the implementation has begun. After the implementation.
1: And so we have been very proud to say that we have seen the ridership increase 100% month on month increment oh, wow. so uh that much carbon offset that we have created as well as also a community that is using this very well so yeah
0: and uh, and maybe if you can also give context to our uh, audience about what the bus service looks like maybe in terms of some of the numbers the kilometers the frequency the routes uh, the stops so maybe i know, i think the the overall area that it covers okay
1: great so HSR layout is a seven sectors. It's built out of seven sectors. So this bus covers close to five of those sectors. And this is a loop service. So the buses go in both directions. So people can, you know, any direction they want to go to, they'll get a bus within the five minutes uh, timeframe. So that is the first thing. Second thing is these are nine meter buses. They're not the large 12 meter one. In fact, we want to go to even smaller one, which is actually in the works that we are looking at, right? So the good news about these buses is they have a better turning radius. And even in roads, which have got a little wider, they can easily traverse through that within the locality. So that was one more criteria. Okay. And uh, third thing is, since it's hop on and hop off, the buses don't stop at every stop for a longer period of time, because there's a next bus coming in, right? They stop for very few seconds, few minutes uh, in each stop. And we have 18 stops and in one side, and then the other one is 21 stops. That is available for people. So the overall, uh, the loop of this is around seven kilometers that it goes around and uh, it finishes the whole loop and comes back to the main Agara Junction. The good point is there are two spots where there are regular buses coming in. So people Mm -hmm. can take these buses, go to Agara bus stop and take the buses to go to city or station, anywhere else. So it's a connecting, uh, you know, bus service also for that.
0: Service. Okay. It's the the Agara bus stop, I assume is, uh, I think I was looking on the map, it's on the outer ring road. So. It has a wider connectivity. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask was that the, uh, sorry, you already talked about the fair, right? That it is a flat fair right now?
1: Yes. So for women, there's a program in Karnataka called Shakti program. Under that, Mm it's free for all women. So any bus you take is free. So they come under that. They need to show their ID, like Aadhaar card or any other ID or pass. And then it is also for bus passes are allowed on this for students. Mm-hmm. as well as uh, for others all of this, it's a 10 rupees flat fee Okay. Anywhere, anywhere.
0: okay and uh, do you also want to just give an overview of the kind of uh, neighborhood and the layout it is in terms of the occupational structure the various uses for which people i was looking at your the the outcomes of the fgd and others so it does give you uh, economic makeup of the residential area that uh, what kind of trips people are making for what reason people are traveling so, if you want to also just share a little bit about the the layout itself, that's good.
1: Actually, when we did the focus group discussion, we actually engaged women, students, uh, people who come into the sector for work, as well as also uh, you know physically challenged, uh, you know blind. All those sectors we consider. So, HSR as a hub has got people coming into the layout for work, a lot of them, and right. and that is because this is also a startup hub. So the type of people you will find is a lot of working population in startups, okay. restaurants, um, and other businesses. Along with that, there's a lot of schools and colleges. Hmm. So we see the community which is using or all like people who would like to go to Agara and go hmm. out to work in other places. Plus those who come from other places to Agara and they come inside this layout to work, hmm. right? It can be IT company, People as well as also regular working population. Okay. So during the peak hours, we have no piece, uh, colleges and schools. Okay. All the children want to now use this feeder bus because they are very comfortable. They can go close to their house. They get down. They can walk back from the last uh, you know hundred meters or something like that. So that's the kind of mix we see right now uh, with the bus usage.
0: Great. Uh, do you also want to maybe share a little bit about? Um... The, the experience of the last three months because I understand that uh, it took a long time for the entire planning process and for it to hit the ground. And now that the first three months are over, uh, I assume that you've been going out and you are also, uh, as you said, that there's 100% month-on-month increase. So if you want to just share some uh, uh, incidents or uh, some Uh, observations from the users, about their experiences, the kind of feedback that you're getting, which in a way shows the utility that it is providing to the citizens.
1: Sure. That's great. So we have done a lot of interviews too. I mean, we have some very interesting interviews. Uh, We collected data from people from blind school who never had an opportunity to go back to Agara. So now they're very happy to stop at a particular spot and then every day evening they can take it. So those are very inspiring stories we have got. Uh, But in general, what we have noticed is people uh, were not aware initial months. But after one month of awareness campaigning that we did, you know, once people came to know, it was organic growth. That 100% growth that we see is people automatically started taking these things. Um, But there have been challenges too. Because when a citizens group are involved, when we look at it, uh, we compare this service to be 100% just like any other international place. Right. Every short on five minutes on the dot. But challenges on the grounds are pretty big. Uh, we discussed this with drivers, conductors, uh, you know, how much traffic jams happen at different locations, what causes delays, you know, and route changes because when there's a turning radius, which is very tough, they have to take on the spot decisions. Uh, traffic police has to come in immediately and then help them, you know. So these things also impact some of the service because the passengers are waiting in another stop. Mm. Right. So we have received inputs from people constantly every single day about what can be done to change these things how we can improvise so one of the major inputs we have received is we want to digitize the entire route map and make sure the passengers get to know where my bus is so that work is actually BMTC has put together an app but we want that to be perfect and you know facilitate for all the customers
0: yeah. So what is the current mode of communication? Uh, because in a lot of uh, mobility-related uh, planning, I think the 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 gap sometimes lies between the communication between the commuters and the people who are planning. And since it is such a unique initiative where uh, representatives of citizens are involved from a very beginning stage, there must be some communication channels that are developed with say BMTC and ULT from the beginning. So uh, how would you say, uh, what are some of these existing channels which allow you to make it more dynamic in terms of, like you get a feedback from people who are facing these issues uh, in terms of say, longer wait times or traffic jams, and then communicating it to the planners who have to say, make adjustment to the routes or make adjustments to the other planning infrastructure. So, yeah.
1: You... yeah, that's a good, very good question. Actually, that was a bigger uh, challenge that we wanted to solve uh, with the government entities. So the good thing is that we have a central nodal office like DALT. They have a constituted team, specific team for this SUMA, and also community engagement. Each community uh, partners like what we have signed MOU with, they are a central node for that. And through them, we interface with all the other uh, entities like BMTC and all. So every day we get to know the issues on the ground. We also get photographs, videos, uh, recordings from citizens. So we have a lot of people who are regular users who share these things. And then that goes back to one level, to DALT. And then DALT actually interacts with the depot managers. So every area has a depot manager, and then there's an associated person for this particular bus that's allocated for this. So daily basis, there's a report, there's a discussion that goes, but then we also have a periodic discussion wherein uh, the depot manager also comes to the center, like Agara, and then they address together with the drivers and then share the concerns, what they, we are seeing on the ground. So some of them, as a citizens, we have to work together because it also involves um, the footpaths and uh, you know street vendors. So we have to ensure everybody's ecosystem is considered here. So it's just not the bus running around, right? So we want an inclusive solution, and we always work with BMTC officials, DALT, and citizens group together.
0: Okay, so a depot manager would be mapped to say, like for the whole HSR layout, there is one depot manager. Like, yeah, for, it's actually
1: mangla has a depot manager, but then the mangla depot actually considered certain areas, specific areas, and then the feeder. So there may be multiple depot managers uh, okay. inside mangla. So depending on the routes and everything else.
0: So for for this feeder bus service, there is one which uh, with which with whom you interact, and exactly that's quite incredible that you this is so basically this requires a daily uh, kind of engagement uh, and uh, processing the kind of inputs that come on a daily basis to be able to make it uh, responsive to the changes that uh, are needed in the last 3 months have you uh, like can you think of something which has uh, gotten inputs directly from citizens and which has reflected into <laughs> Uh, a policy level change, uh, or even a small change in terms of say deciding of routes or uh, any other such changes which was which is which is different from the original plan, like which in a way can reflect that people uh, gave their feedback. It was understood. It was based on the uh, on the reality of traveling. And I know it's only three months, but if you can think of any such example. Uh, right now,
1: yeah, I, I think uh, one of the things I can think about is that the concept of feeder itself was a new uh, yes. aspect within the community. I would say not just HSR, but assets in Karnataka. I would say because metro services are coming in, people mm-hmm. think last mile is a feeder. Like there's a one person going out and coming back, and how do we do that? So there's been a metro feeder concept that is being floated, but within a locality where you can connect multiple parts of the locality is very new. So, with this particular concept, I think there is a policy level thought process to introduce similar thing for many other localities in Bangalore. Okay. So, already a lot of localities are try- trying to draft this and then put a request how they can make uh, connectivity for every citizen, how people can rely only on bus service rather than taking out their car. You know, okay. I think such changes are started to happen, and we have been invited for a lot of inputs for such uh, forums too. So.
0: Uh, one thing that when we when we do a lot of our podcast, which are focused on smaller cities, uh, we we've noticed that in multiple smaller cities, there is uh, sometimes there are some defining features of people who come forward for engagement, or who give feedback, or who are uh, more willing to be part of consultations. Uh, Bangalore has a, a very strong sense of uh, civic uh, engagement um, historically as well, but within a layout within a mixed residential neighborhood uh, do you see any uh, specific features to citizen engagement uh, what kind of people are more vocal who are uh, constantly engaging who are coming uh, not so frequently anything that which in a way defines uh, the profile of people who are uh, engaging like you yourself and i assume uh, hsr citizens forum they themselves are, um, you know, they have taken on this mandate by themselves to uh, be citizens wise. But with whom you engage, uh, if you have noticed some of these things.
1: Um, yeah, so there are a lot, uh, lot of such initiatives. I mean, I would say we are blessed to have wonderful people and groups who are working on multiple things. Maybe it's tree plantation, composting, uh, plastic ban, and any other stuff, right? So. I think citizens themselves who are really observant of the change that they want to bring in, uh, we have noticed them to be very consistent. Uh, I think those are the people who drive it more number of years and also commit to many of these causes. So we, and periodically, of course, commitments take them away from some of these things. But I think at the heart of it, they would like to support this, uh, you know, even remotely or whatever the approach that they can do. So we have observed that uh, once certain changes are uh, brought into the like, locality, such as mm-hmm. the service or composting and all, many others woke up and say, we want to also join. Okay. We want, we also want to contribute, not only in this, but other areas. right? Okay. So uh, And many communities have come forward, like Rotary and others, who also want to join and provide support completely to cycle days, or be it a cycling infrastructure, park improvements, and you know all of these kinds of things, smaller initiatives. But I think as a locality, uh, mm-hmm. people want to take up a cause that they want to fight for and then contribute. So okay. we have seen that. And the success rates of these, such changes which is brought in, right, makes the more number of volunteers to come on to such, such initiatives. Uh,
0: in smaller cities, a lot of times when we ask this question about management of volunteers, it's almost every time it's on WhatsApp, it's a very informal way of doing it. Uh, I'm assuming it's similar uh, for the layout, like the way you manage the volunteers. Uh, how how do you keep this mass of people who are coming voluntarily and who are sharing, say, feedback or sharing photos and videos? How do you uh, maintain a system of uh, get keeping this feedback over the over this duration? Like, what is the uh, or there are technological solutions now which allow you to do it more seamlessly. Uh,
1: yeah, I think most, as we said, WhatsApp is the best approach that we also take. We have groups and subgroups of people, and uh, we use that to communicate what changes we're bringing in. Secondly, the good thing about here is that some of the groups also have government officials as part of the group, elected representatives. So the good part is any change that we want to bring in also directly goes to the you know, attention of everybody. Okay. Uh, in fact, some of the HSR Citizen Forum groups also have uh, police officers, uh, oh. traffic wardens. So oh. it is not that they don't know that some changes happen, right? Yeah. So that really helps in terms of bringing the community together.
0: So, but these WhatsApp groups uh, are they formed by citizens or have they been formed by the the uh, by the government officials?
1: Oh, these are formed by the citizens itself.
0: Citizens. Okay, so then basically a lot of these government officials and um, a lot of these people, they are there essentially because they are also citizens there and not because of a position of authority.
1: Yes, because I think the idea that we spoke to each one of the officials is also that they mm. need not actually respond or anything. But at least mm. the awareness that there is something that we are trying to bring a change okay. provides inclusivity.
0: Yes, right? of course.
1: Because as a concept that we want to include everybody and march ahead. Yes. So they are also aware that these are good things that's happening. And all the officials support our initiatives because this is for a non-profit cause. We are trying to change something that is good for the community. So when we do that, we have seen a positive results from every officials also.
0: Okay. that's that's I think that's something that we not come across or thought about. That if you have... Uh decision makers or people involved in the policy cycle also part of these groups, it's the other side of the engagement where you are keeping them informed. Uh, a lot of times it's the role that they feel that they have which sometimes is not done but where they are informed and in, uh, the chances of them intervening in certain areas is also there. I'm assuming that you might have seen some examples of that where something was there and if the police commissioner or somebody from the traffic police is part of the Uh, of the whatsapp group they might intervene to solve some of these issues
1: absolutely i mean i think that's why we have an open door policy because everybody is aware of some of the good things that's happening Uh, so they are wholeheartedly support as well as also they they also provide us inputs what challenges we could face and how do we together solve the problem Uh, example recently uh, we had a challenge with respect to certain intersections where bus turning is a challenge right no parking is a challenge right? Cars actually park in the corner, so there's a traffic jam. So when we had a meeting with the commissioner, uh, traffic police, and HSR layout, they immediately tried to solve that. They actually uh, invested in getting a paint done for parking only at certain times of the day, certain days of the week, you know, and they changed certain patterns, so it facilitates citizens as well as also the service. Okay. So such inputs directly come from the officials for us.
0: So uh is not something that i think which is very formalized or structured but if if i was to ask in terms of the the way the process looks like for engagement and if you were to uh, define it by the by the meetings where the interface happens uh, so how would one say that the this this the cyclist forum or the citizens forum? How many times in a month they meet, as the uh, as the facilitator of uh, Suma? How many times there is uh, a regular citizen engagement with the common citizens, or how many times there is an engagement with uh, say the decision makers from DL, DULT, Just to just to try to formalize or understand the kind of interaction that is required. To keep this thing, uh, keep this thing going. Like there is an interaction between uh, people who are at the interface of policymaking and the citizens who represent both. You know, like who represent citizens and who are helping the policymakers to make policy. Then they themselves interact to understand some of these issues, and then they also interact with citizens. So, what is uh, uh, what I'm trying to understand is that how many more uh, is the number of meetings and under number of interactions required is more for uh, citizens or is it more for decision makers like do you meet the decision makers more or do you meet the citizens more
1: i would say citizens okay uh, primarily because uh, in the last three months what happened was uh, when we did the citizen engagement programs with respect to all the events that we went to and all Mm -hmm. a lot of inputs and a lot of uh, good positive stuff as well as also the negative stuff that was provided to us in terms of why this can be a challenging for HSR, what changes need to be done, you know? And many of the inputs have to be taken into consideration because that is not thought through during the design phase, right? I mean, there may be challenges after three years of implementation of this. So I, I strongly recommend that we have to interact a lot with citizens because citizens are driving force for a successful implementation, I would say. If they don't use a service that's launched, then there's no point, right? So. Citizens, one. And then the officials, I would say, minimum two meetings a month. Two would, meetings. Would be Minimum, I would say. It can be mm. offline, it can be a phone conversation or a conference call, but we collaborate all the inputs we have received, and mm. together we come up with a solution. Okay. Yeah. And because I say use the word together because no solution is like, this has to happen only this way, yes. right? Because it involves the community together and inputs from various segments, and doing one solution may impact the other other party, right? Yes. So we have to come up with a balanced uh, solution with the officials.
0: Okay. The other thing I want to ask is that how does the role of government uh, D U L T BMTC uh is perceived and seen by citizens? You know, so when you are um, you know interacting on behalf of the citizens of HSR layout. You you have the same role because you are also a citizen, and and they have seen you. They understand a lot of the vocabulary and a lot of the uh, actions are easily comprehensible, uh, are understood by by uh, by citizens. But a lot of times the other side is not very clear. the the role of the government, the kind of decisions that they are making, they are a little difficult to understand. So what I want to understand uh, from the people's side, from the citizens side what do they see and perceive the role of the government institutions in driving this uh, initiative?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. In fact, uh, um, overall, there is kind of people feel there's a wall, right? <laughs> we don't know what is happening on the other side of the government okay. because there's always a closed-door meetings. Suddenly, a solution is brought into court, right? Uh, but in this case, what we noticed was uh, we, when we worked with Dal, all <laughs> the communication and how we are actually progressing uh, is also brought to awareness of the citizens during our interactions when we meet with them, right? So the yes. uh, services that we are bringing, the stops. We, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, did a complete survey of the solutions we are bringing and did an exhibition, two-day exhibition for citizens. That's so it. and say, you select what, which solution you prefer out of the five solutions we are trying to HSR layout. So mm-hmm. that really brought a new concept for people to say, okay, now I have a say, you know? So some 300 to 400 people did a survey vote on the spot to say, I want project A, project B, project C, you know? And so that really is a change that we're trying to bring to say, you know, our voices are heard completely on the government side, right? But however, there is still a concept of direct approachability of the government officials. Mm. So hopefully we try to solve that uh, because BMTC has also 1-800 number now, customer care number. They've been telling people, you have a problem in a stop, please call. And then somebody will take a note of that. Um, But what actions have been taken is still not known to citizens. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to see how we can bridge that by working with DALT. Mm -hmm. There's new buses to be added or a new route to be added. A lot of people provide inputs for that. And when we work with DALT, we try to summarize that to say the overall process. Because Mm -hmm. one of the things I would say for citizens, they don't understand is, any infrastructure these uh, you know public entities want to bring, there's a lot of process involved. Yes. Interdepartmental discussions. Uh, you know, if they want somebody says, "I want a bus stop right here," mm. uh, it it looks very simple that you take a bus stand, some you know a symbol, and then put it there. But it's not true mm. because the land belongs to BBMP. Then a footpath has got tree, so that belongs to forest department. So every coordination has to happen. Yes. So, government officials had to go back and do all of this process and solve it before they install a bus stand-up. Okay. So, citizens don't know all of this and they'll say, why is it 45 days Still the stand is not showing up there, right? So, we're trying to make people understand the intricacies of how the government works and how the MOUs between the department also. So, so if you have an MOU, it takes time for them to change the MOU. Yes. So, it changes that you request will not happen in the government because of this. And hopefully, being transparent, the, they will have more confidence on the working culture and working aspects of the government.
0: Sure. No, In fact, I think the the routes, the frequencies, and the fares, I think these are some of the things that directly impact citizens. And any changes to that probably are seen as something that would immediately uh, alter the kind of issues that they are facing. So so you're very... Uh, very clearly highlighted that this is something that requires time. So, what I wanted to ask you, from again a citizen's perspective, is that in this, um, in the in the scenario of mobility planning, in in something which is so uh, intimately being designed for uh, a, a neighborhood where people from the neighborhood are so uh, closely involved, are there any low hanging fruits, or are there any? Uh, easy uh, wins that can be made uh, by citizens uh, by demanding for some of these things so as you said that getting a new bus stop might be a difficult uh, you know a, not a difficult but it might be a time consuming process but are there other things uh, which can alleviate and not necessarily uh, restricted to uh, the feeder loop bus service uh, i'm talking about the entire paradigm of say sustainable mobility given that the SUMA is uh, an all-encompassing initiative. And you might be the right person to also answer because you have been very... uh, For a long time, you've been engaged as a champion of the sustainable mobility as part of the cyclist forum also. In your opinion or in your experience, have you seen certain things that if citizens go out and ask uh, through sometimes the right channels, uh, they are possible to do? Because a lot of times uh, are... Asks are limited by our uh, uh, possibilities of uh, seeing that they will get through.
1: Um, Yeah, so we have seen many things that can be done, right? I mean, along with the mobility that we have launched, uh, Mm. examples could be that, how do you address somebody coming to a bus stop, right? It's a very important aspect because citizens have mentioned, I am very happy we have buses now,
0: but how do I come
1: there, right? So infrastructure as as simple as footpaths, crossings, and also cycle parking at these stops, right? These are not a very high intensive infrastructures, but also can be done by private parties. Okay. Engaging a private sponsors for these kinds of things, right, is a possibility that government and private sponsors together can engage and citizens can give a recommendation. And these can be implemented very quickly. So the outcome of such inputs are uh, going to be a continuous process, and uh, these can be done without much delays much uh, infrastructure changes. So one part we have also requested is in improving 17 intersections in HSR layout. So okay. where walkability is important, crossing the streets is important, uh, bus stops are on the other side of the road, how do you ensure somebody can cross, you know? Um, so these 3D markings, if you bring in, you know, th- those things will change. So that's also part of the SUMA that we are trying to talk to as in improvement of the layout. And as well as citizens also can bring in any CSR funds and promote these kinds of things. But I want to take a minute and explain yes. one small concept citizens need to do. Hmm. When we think about a solution, what most of the governments will look is not a paragraph about a solution or a challenge that we are facing. Hmm. What they would look at it is: as a citizen, I need to spend time to understand the entire problem and surrounding issues around that. Like yes. if I say I want the entire footpath to be free for walking. Hmm. Okay? So, I have to select a stretch of this footpath and analyze and take pictures, analyze all the obstructions there and what kind of challenges are there, are there street vendors, where do we want to move them, how do we allocate their livelihood also. So a solution has to be drawn Hmm. by citizens group as a holistic way and take that solution with the data points, right? Yes. and we have answers to all those things to the government, I think implementation would become much more simpler for them. And even approval process becomes very simple because they will include that in their DPR, bigger mm-hmm. plan, and then implement right away as a citizen's request. So just by complaining or one-liner solution uh, is a very big challenge I see for implementation.
0: Yeah. And in, in your experience, doing this uh, proactively has been... Uh something that has landed, uh, yielded results? Or you think that if there is some distance that is also covered, like, for example, uh, the the SUMA, given that it was floated by DULT, which showed an inclination from the government to uh, very actively try to create such a space where informed citizens could collect such data and provide. Uh, in In the past, did you have such experiences where when just doing it proactively without such a mandate that was created by the ULT also, uh, could have yielded results. Um,
1: uh, good, good point. I think it is going to be tough because I think the challenge is how do you approach, uh, you know, officials or which, which, uh, planning commission or, uh, which part of the overall infrastructure change, uh, you know, scheme that you want to approach, it is not very, very clearly defined. So even if you want, there is a lot of uh, citizen inputs, you know, we can throw in, but it just goes into uh, some, you know, central database. So with the help of DALT, we could focus, we could target specifics. And then since they acted as a central node for us, it really helped us drive it through complete implementation.
0: But I I still will take hope from what you were saying, because uh, especially for smaller and mid-sized cities where the institutional overlap might not be so uh i think so complex as some of the larger cities like bombay bangalore delhi where uh, sometimes the 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 overlap on the jurisdiction of land on various other things i think if if still some proactive steps are taken the chances of finding and hitting the right agency uh, might still be there so uh, that's a really great point i think in terms of i think if one can find the structure and uh, try to define the problem it's in, in its entirety using various data points i think the decision makers can be informed adequately to at least think about it even if not act immediately so
1: i think uh, the tier 2 you touched upon a very good point tier 2 it is a little different because yeah. if you look at tier 2 like miso right uh, you know, reaching out to an officer in Muda is a very possible thing, yes. the overall plan. And then you can sit across and then talk the overall plan. And they will also introduce to other officials and a meeting that's going to happen very soon and where you can present. So in a smaller cities, uh, Tier 2 or Tier 3, this is how the whole system works. So yes. I think there it's very straightforward. Citizens should come forward, plan a, in you know implementation or a, whatever uh, that they want to try. And then directly approach the officials with a group. You
0: know, that will help. No, I think that was the objective that uh, we wanted to, in a way, document this conversation about this possibility, this, this pathway that exists in larger cities, despite the complexities of the institutional overlaps. That There might be other challenges in tier two and tier three cities, but this definitely is not a big challenge in terms of uh, uh, creating straight lines. <laughs> so... Uh, i i'm sure there are so many different things that i want to uh to ask but uh given that we have about 10, 10 minutes i i do want to ask you uh about a, a more uh overall kind of message that you would want to uh share with similar uh you know agencies that probably want to do something of this sort in their uh, neighborhoods i don't know if you already if you are already interacting with other rwas in bangalore itself so maybe if you uh, if you want to reflect on that that what kind of uh, learnings that they are seeking from you what kind of inputs they are asking because you've been involved for a long time uh, because that can still give a template for the kind of learnings that others can try to work upon
1: yeah, I think there are a few other communities who are trying to bring in a bus service. Um, there's also, we are interacting with the bus service shuttle, which is trying to bring people from metro stations to all the uh, in offices in Ring Road. So we had meetings with that ORCA. And we are also talking about a holistic way that the bus services can be expanded uh, with multiple stations across the cities and tier two cities in Karnataka. So there's a discussion. So overall, you know, our learnings is going to come out as a template. That's what we hope for. So our goal is that we uh, put together a template, how we went about research, how we went about community engagement, plus also the post implementation uh, awareness sessions to improve people adopting the solution. So all of these things, we want to cover that. And very soon we hope to bring about a template document that will help for every locality as well as as tier two cities to go about doing such feeder services within their sub. I, my one message to everybody is uh, there are going to be challenges in the implementation or research and all. But if we want a solution to happen, we have to give 100% end-to-end to it you know, and learn from all the projects that's been done, both in India or outside and the challenges. And then we have to document together as citizens yes. and you know, take it further that this is going to happen. So that positivity, if we go, I think definitely most of the communities will come together, as well as uh, government officials will support the initiatives and then implement the same. Uh,
0: I think one more thing that uh, uh, would be great to ask also is that I don't know, within the SUMA program or as the 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 citizen-led movement that you both are, uh, these organizations leading for HSL layout, do you have, <laughs> what are the future plans uh, in terms of within HSR, like do you plan to expand uh, other initiatives also? The feeder loop is already there, uh, already going. Is there a timeline to this or are there more integrated approach uh, steps that you also plan to take uh, just to give uh, say a a horizon to what this could lead to?
1: Yeah, I think the one aspect we are also looking is improving the walkability. Okay. So yes. Across the layout, we want to support walkability uh, for senior citizens, uh, people with disabilities, blind. So inclusive walkability, that's what I want to call, right? And that will improve the livability index, livability index of HSR layout. That's what we are hoping for. And intersection improvements is also part of that. And uh, speed control for vehicles, that is also as part of the overall infrastructure we want to do. Um, another part that is happening is uh, also tree plantation. So okay. HSR Citizen Forum is working closely with a lot of NGOs to bring in a lot more green cover okay. uh, for HSR, And uh, there are other NGOs and groups like CTF working to bring out a mini forest near a lake. So oh, yes. all of these initiatives are going to be ecosystem building. And hopefully we create a map of such initiatives and uh, good things and 22 parks. And then create a mobility uh, plan where people can take buses and go to each of these things. Oh, wow. So, and promote them to say, like, explore this forest today. Uh, we will do a cycle round across all the parts. So such initiatives will promote people to get into uh, sustainable mobility. So we have those plans in the
0: works too. Yes, and what you mentioned was that the, the compost plant is also the compost, uh, that thing is also there, right? It's an HSR layout, the yes. demonstration of various kinds of... Uh, that's also, I think, one of its kind initiative uh, that I heard from you first time.
1: Yes. Okay. And in fact, we have we are the only layout where the lane composters are also there. So that's entire cool. street, the, the wet waste is collected and composted in the end of the street in their yeah. own lane. Mm-hmm. So we are the only layout to have lane composters. We have also a demonstration of all the composting in Swachagraha, Talikakin, that's done by HSR Forum. Okay. and Forum. There is also a campaign to 100% segregation achievement. So oh, we are actually number one layout in Bangalore for segregation. So,
0: And this segregation, uh, has this preceded the, uh, uh, like, is it a very old initiative that has been going on for a long time or?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's been quite some time now. I think it's a lot of support from volunteers and HCFT members who okay. have campaigns on uh, voice recordings and even all the BBMP officials now ensure that it's segregated. And wardens are there who actually hmm. search through the compost and they search through the waste and identify if somebody have mixed it. And okay. you know they go and penalize them too. Wow. So this is probably the only and all of this happens every single morning.
0: So amazing. that shows the spirit of uh, the volunteers and it's completely volunteer. I'm assuming so. Yeah putting all of that time to ensure uh, that the others also uh, can uh, have a sustainable future. And that's that's quite, uh, I think, I hope that when I come to Bangalore next, I can uh, visit the layout and uh, see all of this in action. This has been a very riveting and very insightful conversation. And we really like to thank you for your time and for sharing so candidly all of this with us. And I'm sure that our audience and various actors around different cities in India will find it most useful. Absolutely. Uh, thanks thank again, Shashidhar.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, Agrika. And uh, thank you for giving the opportunity to speak about our initiative. And uh, HSR Citizen Forum and HSR Cyclists, we together work really hard to bring this to, uh, you know, Uh, To the citizens, and then we hope to share all our learnings with other communities and other cities that we plan to do in the future. Thank you.